Welcome to the Charter School Connection Podcast. My name is Sean Wortham, and I had the privilege of hosting the podcast with Trinity Charter Schools. I had the privilege of speaking with Keely Reynolds, who is the superintendent, and Nikki Cornejo, who is the principal of Trinity Charter Schools Northeast Region and Reclaim Academy. I had such a good conversation with them. We talked about uh, their school, which serves a community that is kind of forgotten about. Um, people who might have gotten in trouble with law, um, broken homes, drug addictions. They're just trying to get their lives back together. And Trinity Charter Schools is um, a organization, is a organization of charter schools in Austin, Texas, that reaches out to these people, gives them an opportunity to uh, get an education and find a way out of the situation that they're currently in. So I really hope that you enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoyed hosting it. They dive into the unique challenges that they face with, you know, the legalities um, of, you know, working in the charter school world in that type of environment. They talk about uh, hiring teachers and what type of teacher they're looking for and what their hiring process looks like, um, since it is a little bit different than, you know, your traditional school. Um, Overall, it was just such an awesome experience. I highly recommend um, if you have a child or if you know someone who needs to turn their life around and you're in Austin, Texas, to send them to Trinity Charter Schools because you can tell that these two individuals just care. They just care about the people that they're trying to serve. Anyways, I hope you get a lot out of it. Um, and thanks for tuning in to the Charter School Connection Podcast. Hi, Keely and Nikki. Thank you so much for taking time to meet with me today on the Charter School Connection. Um, I'm really excited to dive into more about Trinity. And I was wondering if uh, starting off with Keely, you could explain like who you are and kind of like just what's your background um, and how you found yourself uh, involved in like the charter school world. Okay. Thank you so much um, for the introduction. My name is Keely Reynolds, and I am actually the new superintendent of Trinity Charter Schools. This is my rookie year. Um, my background started in education, started as a teacher. I taught speech communications, and then I got my master's in school counseling, and I was a high school counselor for six years. Um, and then I became a um, Dean of Instruction with uh, an RTC located in Lockhart, Texas. And in 2013, I joined the Trinity Charter School team as a principal. Um, I served as a principal at one of our residential treatment facilities for eight years, and now I am the superintendent. So my background is mostly in counseling adolescents, but my passion most definitely is working with students um, who don't have a voice, who need an adult to advocate uh, for them, you know, to find a purpose in getting their education and that's why I'm here and that's what we do. We really try to invest in our students and give them every opportunity and provide resources for them to be successful. Man, so cool. Um, awesome. And then before you started like getting involved in like counseling, um, would you mind just out of curiosity, like where did you grow up? Where were you born? And Sure. Um, I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas, and it's very, very far um, from where I currently am living in Lockhart, Texas, the barbecue capital of Texas. But when I graduated from high school, I moved to San Marcos, Texas to attend Southwest Texas University at the time. Now it's Texas State University. 
And I got my very first teaching job in Lockhart, Texas. And I was at the high school for 11 years, and then I transferred over to working with at-risk kids. Um, so growing up in El Paso, as you probably know, it's on the border. Um, and so I grew up around a lot of adversity, uh, families and friends that didn't always have access to resources. Um, so I, from a very young age, my mom being a teacher, I really started um, getting more and more interested in just helping students find their passion and their strengths and what they want to do when they grow up. But most specifically, kids that didn't have those adults at home to guide them along the path. And I always kind of had a heart for helping my friends that didn't have, you know, the best life growing up. Um, so through that, helping my friends and helping people in my community, I knew that that was my mission and I really wanted to share all the resources that are available in the world with our underserved population, which is kids that are in residential treatment facilities or going through like the judicial system that have yeah. had really bad lives and no positive role models in their lives. So that's where, where, why I'm here today and what we're about our mission and vision. So awesome. Great. Thank you. And then uh, Nikki. So my educational background started um, a really long time ago. I will not put a year on it because it'll show my age, but um, I did not go to school to work in education. That was not my, my degree was in advertising and communications, but like a lot of us, we kind of fell into it and then figured out it's where we should be. Um, so I started off working in um, the DFW area. I worked at Grand Prairie ISD for many, many years. We opened the first credit recovery program in that metropolitan area with a daycare. We were the first ones to have an on-site daycare for kids. Um, it was really natural for me to work with at-risk kids. My principal at the time said, you need to go to school and get your principal certification. So of course I did that. And that's what got me into administration. When my husband and I got married, we we're both from White House, Texas, which everybody knows White House, Texas from Patrick Mahomes, put us on the map. Um, so I moved back to East Texas, and that's when I started working with Trinity Charter Schools because I needed to find a school where I could, for me, working with at-risk youth was where I flourished. It's where I am the best at. It's I, I can make really good connections. So I've been the principal with Trinity Charter Schools since 2014. Um, and last year, we started a program that we're really heavily into right now and it's called our reclaim academy and we're working really hard to advocate for kids in care kids in care of cps kids that are wards of the state like keely said that are in the judicial system in some capacity um, really trying to provide them some schooling that targets not only their social and emotional health but a continuity of education as they move from one placement to the next or one foster home to the next um, or in CWAP, children without placement, children that are technically homeless and don't even have a place to live right now. So they're in a hotel. Um, so trying to figure out a way to educate these kids and not have them enroll from one school district to the next is a huge goal of ours at Trinity Charter Schools. And it's something that kind of connected us to begin with. So that's where we are. Okay. Um, yeah, I already have so many questions, um, but I guess let's uh, let's start off with uh, Trinity Charter. Can you please explain like how that started, and then 
Um, I guess the follow-up question you talked about, like, how do we reach out and educate these kids, you know, living out of a hotel or um, could you just explain like how, <laughs> like, that seems like a very hard thing to do and a very like unique problem to have to solve. And so if you don't mind just explaining how the school came to be and then like, how do you do that? Sure. It's definitely challenging, but because it is our passion, we our, our motto is we will not stop. Um, we've recently started advocating at the legislate, like the legislator level and having lawmakers come out to our campuses so that they can be a voice for us as well. So I hit a little short history about Trinity Charter Schools. Um, since 2003, uh, Trinity Charter Schools has been dedicating uh, our lives to educating and empowering um, students to transform and reclaim their lives. So that is our mission, um, helping students reclaim and transform their lives given the background um, they've had growing up. So we continuously seek to provide a welcoming, nurturing and academically rich environment where students build upon academic success. So the main thing that sets us apart from other charters is that we only specifically serve kids that have been removed from their homes. Um, they may have been in trouble with the judicial system. They're either on probation or their home environment was just not healthy. Um, so for treatment purposes, they are placed in residential treatment facilities. They live in these residential treatment facilities. So it's not your traditional educational setting like you see in a traditional ISD where the kids come and go. They're dropped off by their parents. These kids are placed by Child Protective Services or the judicial system, um, Texas Juvenile Justice Department. Uh, so our kids have been through things that as adults we can't even fathom, which is why their program um, on the residential treatment facility side is very therapeutically intensive um, so that they can break the cycle of abuse and neglect. So we specifically educate kids in residential treatment facilities all across Texas. So like Nikki mentioned earlier, um, they're at the residential treatment facility for sometimes a very short time. And once they're done with their therapy, they get withdrawn from the facility and they have to move. And so their placements are like, you know, some kids go to six or seven, if not more placements in one school year, which means they have to constantly enroll and withdraw in multiple schools. So they don't have that continuing, the continua. Nikki, correct me. Um, continuum of education. Yes, the continuum of education um, that a lot of the other school, uh, the, a lot of the other students get, you know, they stay in the same school pretty much for their whole academic career. And these kids, because they have been in so many schools in and out, they have huge gaps in their education. So one mm -hmm. of the main things we're working on <clears throat> is to allow our students, once they enroll with Trinity Charter School and with that, whatever residential treatment facility they're placed at, they can stay enrolled with us virtually, no matter how many other residential treatment facilities they're placed at. So that allows them <clears throat> to have us you know, build relationships with them, get to know who they are and what their strengths are. and for us to help them be successful in school and close those learning gaps so they can most importantly graduate and have a post-secondary plan. Um, yeah. So we are basically their parents who help them through that process because they mm -hmm. don't have the parents at home. And so. 
I just want to kind of follow back around real quickly on what Keely was saying, because you asked, like, how do we come about? Well, when you talk about kids that are in care of CPS and they're not stable enough to be in a foster home or they don't have some relative in their family that's willing to take them or is able to take them, they live in like these group homes and they've, they've experienced, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of trauma that requires a lot of intensive therapy. So throwing them in a traditional ISD classroom with 30 plus kids does not work for them. Um, they have a lot of anxiety. They experience a lot of elopement issues. There's a whole huge amount of like learning gaps that we can't, we won't even tap that here really because we could speak all day on it. So these RTCs were really struggling with youth in school. And the reason Trinity came about was they need a school that will come to them and provide services to them where they're at and meet their needs, not just academically, but socially and be able to work with that. Because, um, you know, when we're hiring new teachers, and I'll tell you this story here, um, I'll leave out the curse words because I don't know what all goes on this podcast. But I say that because when I'm hiring a teacher, I have to paint a really vivid picture of what that looks like when they're coming to teach with us. And the best example I can give is I'm a new teacher in the classroom and I've got, I got a kid that comes in and he's cursing me out left or right, calling me all the names in the book, walking out of class. He gets to come back to class the next day or even later in that day once he's de-escalated. But if that happens in a traditional ISD, that kid's probably going to DAP, getting suspended. Well, we are the end of the rope for them. So it may be a few weeks later, well, maybe he comes in and at least he sits in his desk and he just curses me out a little bit that day and only calls me a few names. Like that's progress, right? And then a couple months later, maybe he just, um, at least he sits in the desk and he's not doing any work and refusing, but he's not cursing at me anymore. He's not being vulgar. He's um, at least listening. That's progress. But if you put them in a traditional ISD setting, not that traditional ISDs are bad. They are great at what they do. And many of them do a great job. We are just highly skilled to, to work on these hypertensive needs of these kids. And that's how Trinity became about. Yes. Good, good addition to that. Yeah. We specialize in educating kids that have trauma, abuse, and neglect in their past. So all of the training that our employees receive is specific to working with that population. Whereas in your traditional ISD, you know, they have kids from various groups, um, but we're highly trained um, and specialized in working with these kids, which is why our kids are so successful because they know we're not going to give up on them. We're not going to suspend them or expel them. It's almost comical because they expect us to respond the same way that they've been responded to in a traditional ISD. So when they call us curse words, every name in the book, and when we say, thank you so much, you made my day, and it's the opposite of what they're used to, they look at us like we're from some other planet, but they also very quickly understand that we're their advocate and we will not give up on them. So the light bulb starts to turn on and they almost, you know, feel a sense of family with us because they know that we're going to be there every step of the way, no matter what they're going through. Um, there's days where they find out like their families have terminated their rights. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine a kid in a traditional school um, having a CPS, CPS worker come visit them and tell them, your parents have terminated their rights. So now you are part of this, the, the system and we will have to find a placement for you. Now you need to go back to class and, and you know, enjoy the rest of your day. Well, 
that is not a very positive environment for that kid. So in our schools, like we expect those things to happen and we're trained um, to know what to do to support that child through those emotions that they're going through. Um, so I, that's really what sets us apart is that that specific skilled training that we have in order to understand our students and help support them, help them find their purpose based on what their strengths are. So we only focus on positive. Like Nikki said, you know, we'll praise a kid for coming in and sitting down in the desk and keeping their eyes open. And for some kids, they're like, what? But for us, that's progress. And the more we praise them, the more that we see them, their confidence start to rise and build and they turn around their their um, their thoughts and their purpose in life. And they start really learning. And that's the exciting, most rewarding part about what we do. That's, that's your answer in a nutshell. That's, <laughs> yes. That, no, yes. That, that's so awesome. That's so cool. My only follow-up question is um, you talked about when you're hiring teachers, you're trying to explain it to them. What is your hiring process and how do you hire like good teachers who like are willing to face this challenge like what what does that look like for your hiring process because I I gotta think it's gotta be different or oh very I'll jump in on this one because the hiring process for each campus might look a little different so keep in mind like I have multiple campuses under me I've got a substance abuse campus so these kids are kids that are recovering drug addicts, right? And they've been mandated to be there by a judge. I've got a lockdown facility where kids are really specialized and intensive and they have to be locked into their facility. I have um, another facility that's not a lockdown and then I have the reclaiming camp. You know what I'm saying? So across the state, all these facilities are different in how they're treating the kids. But the way that you hire a teacher and for us, the way we do it is we, our teachers go through like a process, like they will meet with um, a lead teacher at one of my campuses. If they're interviewing for that specific campus, we'll do kind of a group, um, a group, not orientation, the word orientation, so a group interview. Yeah. Um, and then we'll discuss and we, we interview multiple people. But the biggest thing that I can do is for me, my interview process is not those cookie cutter questions. It's what are you going to do when a kid comes into your room and flips over a desk? Like, how do you respond to that? Um, really kind of almost doing like a shock factor with them and then seeing how they respond. And I'm going to be honest, if someone responds to me like, well, I'm just going to call the principal and send them to the office, I'm probably going to be like, well, thank you for your time. Um, what works the best is when people give those responses where they're like, oh, yeah, this is what I would do. I would try to do this first X, Y, Z. So you're trying to kind of pick out these responses from them that you know that either, hey, I can build on that. Like they have a foundation where we can really do some good training with them and we can build on that. Um, or B, a lot, of, a lot of people that interview with us actually have had a lot of experience either working in um, like prison facilities, which I'm, I'm not saying RTCs are prison, but they have worked with kids with extreme behaviors and they're coming to us to the teaching side of me, like I wanna teach these kids. Um, so you just try to look for certain skill sets in their, their work history and then their answers are real indicative of how they will do in that environment. And again, leaving out the cookie cutter questions. Let's not be like, oh, tell me what you put in a lesson plan and how do you, I don't, I care about that stuff, but I don't care about that stuff. I want to know if you can build a relationship with a kid. Yes. So these are the questions I'm going to ask you. 
Yes. And it's not, it doesn't work for everyone. We, Mm -hmm. we have teachers that are hired and they learn really quickly that they thought that they could handle it, but it's just not a good fit. Um, But with that being said, our turnover rate is not high at all. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if not all of our teachers, they have a passion for working with at-risk kids. And that is the goal. The teachers that come to us, we make it very clear what our population looks like, and it's not your typical classroom setting. And so that's really how we weed people out. But they have a passion. They have a heart for kids that have never had a positive education um, experience, and they want to work really hard to build those positive experiences because that's going to help the kid cross the finish line. Teachers that praise them, that believe in them, that never give up on them like their family has. Um, So that's really what sets our teachers apart is there's teachers that really want to work in that um, advanced placement, honors class setting where all kids have this wonderful life at home and they come to school and they want to go to Harvard. That is not what we're about. But we do have kids um, that have just been through some, some horrible experiences and they really do have a good home life. They have parents that are involved and they want to go to Harvard. Um, So we still have a variety of students. It's just their background is what sets them apart. And the passion that our teachers need to possess is is that of working with just kids that are at risk that have been through, excuse my language, hell and back. Um, So that's kind of how we keep the team that stays is, you know, when working with these kids, they, they feel like they're rewarded daily, knowing that they may be the one adult that is the reason for that kid to graduate. And a super really quick fun fact, and I can actually say this with legitimacy in, in the region that I oversee, I would say that 75% of teachers that have left over the years to go somewhere else have always reached back to come yes. back and work with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those teachers are teachers that haven't taught in like in a traditional ISD setting. And I encourage, like, if they want to try that and do that, I encourage anyone like, Hey, go get experience somewhere else. Um, I got a text yesterday from a teacher. Like, do you have any openings? It's terrible where I am. I want to come back. What's going on? Da, da, da. I get those more often than, than I would imagine most employers do when people leave. <laughs> so it's a, it's a testament. It's a testament to be proud of. Yeah, they, they learn real quickly that the grass is not greener on the other side. Um, and that, that is, it makes us feel good to know that they go out there to experience the unknown. And then they're like, oh, wow, I, I belong with Trinity Charter Schools. So we let, them, we let them go play and experience. And then we go, okay, knowing in our mind, they'll be back. They'll be wanting to come back because, you know, the other job is not as rewarding as, as, working for our district. Wow. Yeah, that's that's so cool and such a unique perspective. I was just curious on top of that, if either of you can think of a specific like experience where you were able to like inspire like a student or like you've seen like a student get inspired through your program. Because a lot of our um, at Charter Connect, a lot of our clients struggle with retention, but I see mm-hmm. that um, schools that struggle less with retention, like have inspired students. Um, and so I was just curious if you have like a specific experience that comes to mind. I, I know it's putting you on the spot, but. No, we I have know. so many. I'm sure we're both thinking like we could <laughs> have like a week long yeah. podcast. So I'll let Nikki start. Cause that's what drives us is these yes. that came in broken and that are now successful because 
they landed in our district? I'll let Nikki start. Um, well, with our in-person kids, we see the light bulbs get flipped on when the students build relationships with the teachers in person. So that's always really cool. But like a specific experience for me um, was last year, whenever we piloted our Reclaim Academy, just for like a couple of months in the spring, just to see if we could even do this online program with kids that are so fluidly moving, if it would be successful. And we graduated 10 kids and one of them in particular, um, and that may not sound like a lot, but that is a lot of kids in a two month time span for CPS kids. Um, but one of them in particular was a young lady who was 23 years old at the time. She was a mother of two. Um, she needed two credits to graduate and a star test, but because of her age, she could not enroll in person because you cannot be enrolled with kids that are 18 and under if you're over the age of 18. Um, she also was having a difficult time getting into a GED program um, due to transportation. And then she was also having a difficult time getting into online uh, accredited high school programs because of her age and because of her history of being out of school for so long. So we enrolled her, we got her what she needed and she graduated. When she came to graduation, because we do an in-person graduation, walk the stage and everything else, um, she brought her two kids and they sat on her lap with her cap and gown on during the entire ceremony. And it was just like, honestly, um, oh, cool. when I was given a speech, I don't even know what I was talking about, maybe thank you for coming, but just looking over and seeing that and like seeing her face and then taking pictures, um, it was, I will never forget that. She actually sent us a testimonial video whenever we went and testified in Austin for the legislators in August, just to talk about how the opportunity changed her life. She now works for the city of Arlington. Um, she also is about to be enrolled into welding school to further her career and build that foundation for her and her kids. And she's out of that RTC because she is able to provide for her family and herself. Um, and keep in mind, she was in a in an RTC for women of domestic violence and abuse. So imagine like she had to go there for safety and then she's being turned away from all these schools because of her history. Like it's, it's terrible, right? Um, Wild. Yeah, so that story will forever be burned in my brain because she was the first one in the Reclaim Academy that I really was like, this, we have to do this. I don't, I don't have all the answers. Like if we grow really fast and grow really big, but we're gonna bite off just a little bit at a time, but we have to do this. And this is why. Yes. Man, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um wow. Um Okay. That, that's so cool. What? Yeah. What an awesome thing to share. Um, that's what makes it easy for us. Cause we could literally oh, yes. talk about it daily with people. Um, because they, you know, these stories are so inspiring. Um, and, and you, you know, the kid when they first come in and, and how their outlook is on education and, and what they're doing now, because we've helped mold them and build them up and show them that they can be successful and they can do it. So mm -hmm. can't is not allowed in our district. Um, so each and every kid, we could literally tell an inspiring story. The ones yeah. that teachers hated and kicked out of their classroom, these are kids that are inspiring us. That's amazing. And, um, yeah, I'm going to have to have you both on a second podcast. I feel like this is like, yeah. I feel like there's like, I opened up this like amazing like topic that I would want to explore a little bit more into. Um, 
thank you so much for sharing these. Um, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind, we are kind of getting towards the end of the podcast, if I could start like a, a lightning round, um, yeah. ask you both a question and then for the lightning round, uh, um, you know, there's no rules, just <laughs> so, okay. um, cool. So I guess we can go with Keely um, first. I was just wondering, um, is there anything that you would like to see happen within your local state or federal government? In like talking about charter schools. I know you guys talked about how you went to the Capitol and, and you've talked with it, but is, is there like one thing that you could change about your legislation? If there is one thing that I could change about our legislation, it would be for them to actually acknowledge our population when they are um, discussing and pushing House bills and Senate bills and laws uh, surrounding education through. Um, we are not a one size fits all, um, you know, community. And so we feel like we're just kind of shoved into that box. And I really feel like if they separated our population out and made laws and push through different things that were going to be beneficial for our population, my dream would come true. Because mm -hmm. um, right now the battle is, you know, our kids have to abide by every single thing that a normal kid who has parents at home have to do. Um, so that is Nikki and I's passion is to advocate for change. So all we ask is that our kids are considered like, hey, how is this going to affect kids that move from school to school to school or have never passed a star test in their life or you know are 17 years old and have half a credit in high school is this going to really benefit them or is this going to continue to drag them down mm -hmm. that's all we ask just Amazing. consider our population and that's why we're trying to get the word out about our kids because they're the forgotten ones man so amazing i didn't even consider like you know, they have to do things that people with parents, you know, yep. have to do. And the so same, the same requirements. Awesome. Uh, next question goes to uh, Nikki. Um, let's see. Uh, if you could give one tip to someone who's just now, like they just got their charter, they're just like starting their first year. Um, like what tip would you give them? Oh my God, that's so easy. Don't worry about meeting every single regulation that's pushed out through the state. Um, you're not going to be perfect. Don't, don't die on those hills and try to get your teachers to execute everything perfectly and with perfection because whatever mandate's getting pushed down the pipe is probably going to change. Um, as long as you're doing your very best and doing what's in the best interest of the kids, you focus on their social emotional needs and their academic needs. Don't worry about what the state expects them to be doing. Um, you try to adhere to that, but really when you're opening up, focus on your kids and then really focus on your staff, listen to them. What do they need? What are they telling you? Um, and don't listen to all the outside noise because that's, what's going to get you in trouble. When you start saying, well, we have to do this because this is required and we have to show this documentation for this. Well, that's great. There's a way you can do that. But our administration, I feel like in our district does a really good job of shielding our teachers from some of that stuff which in turn allows them to be better teachers in the classroom and to make better connections with the kids. So don't, don't die on every hill that you're expected to run to the top of and finish first. Um, do what you can and focus on what you do best. Amen. That's so awesome. Thank you.
this is the last question and then both of you can answer it. Like, what is your goal? Like if you had a magic wand and you could do like one wish for your school, like what would it be? Serve every kid in care, whether it's in person or online, but really, and I think I can speak for Keely when I say this, our, our goal right now is to get as many kids in care, at least in our online program, to be able to provide them some sort of service um, before they end up homeless, end up in prison, end up in jail. Um, but we really want to grow this online program. And, and that is our goal is to serve every kid in care. I know that's probably unrealistic because we have to think about how many kids are in care. But if they know that we're out there and available and we have this platform for them to, that they have access to, we are providing an opportunity that they're not going to receive hardly anywhere else. I, I piggyback on that. Yeah, our goal is just that, um, to get the word out because so many people still don't know about our program. Um, so the kids that are not successful in a traditional setting understand that they can be part of our family and we can help them get to where they want to be in life. Wow, man. Um, I, my mouth hurts from smiling this whole podcast. Everything you've been saying has just been like, so like empowering and hopeful and like optimistic. And so thank you so much for sharing your inspirational stories, talking about like how Trinity got started, um, you know, your hiring process and who you're looking for. Just, I, I feel like I've learned so much more about you. And I feel like a lot of our listeners in our community will also like enjoy listening to this unique you know um issue that you are facing and trying to solve in austin and in texas and um so thank you so much for taking time to talk to me about this both of yeah. you yeah um, thank you thank for you for having us you know and and hopefully other charters out there they may be struggling with with kids that are super at risk like this that are in their charter we are a resource you know um that's what we try to promote is we are a resource to everybody even traditional isds we can be a resource for them so i hope that we were able to provide some some insight for for people listening yes oh, i know you did well thank you both so much i really appreciate it you guys have a good rest of your day thank, thank you, you have a good thanksgiving happy thanksgiving all right bye. thanks happy thanksgiving bye bye, bye.